This episode is brought to you by Goalie. Did you know the University of Michigan did a study that found over 80% of apps for kids are designed to lure them into longer gameplay and more in-app purchases? Goalie decided it was time for this to end. Unlike the Kindle and iPad that have endless ads and potentially dangerous content, Goalie is a tablet with only apps that build independent kids. It has no web browser, no social media, and no ads, ever. It has award-winning learning apps like Khan Academy, Duolingo ABC, and Starfall, and the best part? It's completely parent-controlled. In my house, we use Goalie's kids' calendar to teach my son how to stay on task. He learns life skills like how to make a sandwich by watching one of the hundreds of video classes and can practice it by following along with one of the 50 pre-made routines. As a dad, there's no better feeling than knowing that my son is becoming more independent every day. For more information and to try Goalie risk-free for 30 days, visit getgoalie.com. That's G-E-T-G-O-A-L-L-Y.com and use the code THEAUTISMDAD to save 10%. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. This show is inspired by my own personal journey as a full-time single dad raising three autistic kids. It's all about special needs parenting, the challenges we face every single day, as well as some of the things we have to learn to navigate along the way. This season, we're going to put a major focus on empowering and educating parents. We're going to talk all about building a community of support around your family, the importance of self-care, as well as connecting with services and resources that are vital when it comes to raising a child with special needs. So be sure to check us out at listen.theautismdad.com, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. On this week's episode of the Autism Dad Podcast, my good friend Ray Brock stopped by and we recorded an interview talking about what special needs parenting is like from a dad's perspective. Uh, you might recall Ray was on the show a couple of years ago where he talked about uh, how he has a blended family. Um, both he and his wife had uh, autistic kids and they, they blended their family together. And we talked about some of the challenges associated with that. Well, he's back to kind of update us about what life has been like, as well as some of the challenges that he's facing as he's trying to help his kids transition into their adult life. During the course of this interview, Ray opened up emotionally about what he's thinking and feeling and experiencing. He talks about what his fears are for the future. He talks about what keeps him up at night. He talks about what he's worried about in regards to, you know, his kids as they get older. And dads tend to not openly discuss these things. And I hope that this inspires you to have those conversations. You're welcome to come on the show and have that conversation with me. But more importantly, I hope that it inspires you to open up to the people in your life. I know it's not always easy to do that. It's something that I struggle with personally, but it's so important that we open up to the people in our lives, guys. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy the interview. So thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the show and uh, have a conversation. It's been a little while. Could you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, you bet. Uh, so I'm Ray Brock. I'm the I'm a parent of a 26 year old uh, dude with low functioning to mid functioning autism, and uh, on my second marriage and final marriage, my wife also has a 24 uh, year old son with Aspergers who lives in an apartment on his own that uh, we help out. But my son, uh, my son still lives at home with us. We kind of, I had this sort of structured how we were going to do this. And then I was telling you as we started recording that I posted a question on Facebook this morning and asking, you know, what kind of questions do people want to hear answered from a dad's perspective? And so we have this whole list of new things that we weren't prepared for, but I'm going to kind of try and merge some of this stuff together as we go. Right. And uh, you've uh, graciously agreed to, to 
kind of test pilot some of these questions with me. So sounds good. <laughs> I really appreciate Throw them at it. me. All right. So one of the first things that I wanted to ask you was just like, what has it been like being a special needs dad for you? Like what, what, what has that journey been like for you? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I mean, honestly, I probably don't really know any different. So for me being a parent of a special needs kid, I mean, it's pretty much what it's always been really for the most part, but I think I can probably answer that uh, just because of the different things that, you know, we as special needs parents have to do, but uh, it's, it's just basically a whole lot more responsibility and, um, you know, trying to think about things in advance and, and, you know, not of course that other parents don't do that, that type of stuff, of course, but, uh, you know, more so, you know, there's just uh, a lot more that comes into play when you're raising uh, a kid with special needs. And for me, uh, since my son's now an adult, um, what you find out is all, all those things, of course, uh, don't end, right? And they they actually become harder. So they can affect um, relationships and, you know, marriages. And uh, I saw one of the questions I think I saw there said something about dating. <laughs> um, but basically my point there is uh, social activities and, you know, uh, employment. So I've actually changed jobs and a few times and uh, I've turned down um, some really well-paying jobs um, because I just, uh, they don't fit with uh, what my needs are to take care of, uh, be the caretaker, primary caretaker for, for my son um, currently, uh, you know, where he's at in life and where I'm at. And then also things such as, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm getting older, I'm 50 six, I think now, um, you start to think about those <laughs> things that, you know, you've wanted to do as you age and get to that age, some of the fun stuff that you've been planning and those things, uh, are either uh, impossible to do or just a lot harder. And so the, 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 it, it impacts lots of different areas of your life, um, that you might not, you know, have been thinking about, uh, when you and your, kid kids uh were were younger yeah i'm sort of so we we've, we've talked briefly a little bit uh prior to this recording and we kind of kept in touch a little bit but like we're sort of in a similar space in the sense that you know your son is you're dealing with some of the challenges associated with transitioning into adulthood and trying to kind of build that adult life and find resources and and supports and I'm in that exact same boat with my oldest. And, and that's really kind of made me reevaluate my parenting with my two youngest because they're in their teens. And I'm thinking like, like, oh my God, like it's been so hard helping my oldest to transition into his adult life. I was, I was woefully unprepared for that. He was unprepared for that. And I have two more coming right up behind him. And it's, it's, uh, it's scary. And it's overwhelming. And um, I thought we could maybe talk about some of those challenges that that you're facing and, and kind of how you're dealing with those things. And, um, and maybe that can help other people out there who are kind of in that same spot. And, and hearing from a dad's perspective is really unique because not a lot of us talk about this stuff. So um, what what are some of the challenges that you are currently facing? Yeah, it's definitely uh, overwhelming and, 
can be extremely stressful for sure. Um, so for me personally, um, so again, my son's 26, um, I'm 56 or whatever. Uh, when my, my son was done with high school, he, he was able to go to a transitional high school here uh, in Minnesota for uh, a year. I think it was up until his, uh, I don't remember, 20th birthday or something like that. And then, uh, then he went into a, a placement where he works. As, uh, he works somewhere called it's it's called a developmental achievement center, and essentially it's a day program for adults with uh, special needs. And then they try to work with those folks to find you know meaningful or as meaningful type of work that they can. Some of the folks just stay in the center all day and you know do whatever they're able to do, and some of the folks get to have normal you know, or no moralist jobs and, and get out of the center and do things. So occasionally my son gets to go out on a cleaning crew and, and things like that. But uh, from from a challenge perspective, it's there's there's lots of different challenges. So uh, you know, first of all, you're you're an adult with with an adult kid working working at home or you know, living at home and again, you know, with special needs. So those those needs that they have don't go away. Um, they I mean, honestly, they, they get worse, they get harder, um, because now, you know, they're also aging, even though, you know, of course, 26 isn't old, but, uh, you know, like doctors I've met with and talked to, you know, during appointments and stuff like that, you know, have told me like, Hey, folks that have special needs are just predispositioned to have other issues that, you know, come on sooner or just come on at all that most folks don't, uh, have to deal with, or if they do, they have to. They deal with them when they're when they're older. And I'll just give you a, a recent example. My my son has, uh, which a lot of I think uh, folks with special needs and autism have issues uh, with uh, constipation. It's just uh, part of life, and um, you know, it might just seem like a relatively benign thing, but when you know you d- you don't know if the person that uh, you're taking care of doesn't have the proper way to tell you about those things, which of course, at least in my experience, a lot of these, a lot of these kids and, and, you know, young adults with autism aren't the best to tell you when they're feeling certain ways and things, right? So your, your spidey senses always have to be on and watching and listening uh, for, for signs of things. And so, you know, that responsibility, not only are you, you know, caring for yourself, but you're, you're also, you know, hyper hyper vigilant and, and, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with, with that person you're caring for. And then, uh, of course that just adds a lot of stress and uh, anxiety, uh, because now you're trying to, you know, deal with any medical types of things. Right. Um, but not, not just the medical, it's the, um, what, what happens next? What happens when, if, and when I get to a point where, uh, myself and my wife can't care for him. What's the next step? And and I think that's what you mentioned, Rob. That you're probably maybe sort of dealing with a little bit too. Is you know the pla- the jobs, but also for me, uh, the placement. So where does he go next? And and that's the biggest challenge for me right now. Is it, you know for those folks that are that are younger that are listening to this that have younger younger kids and things like that, uh, don't just assume there's a place for them to go when when they reach you know. 18, 20, 21, um, th- because there might not be, or, or those places uh, that do exist uh, uh, might be very limited and might not be the best place for them to go. It might not be somewhere you want them to go. Um, here, here in Minnesota, several years ago, they stopped uh, allowing 
uh, new group homes because it's trying to get away from that institutionalized, you know, kind of setting, which which is great. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. They want to do more of, a, you know, a community type of settings, uh, homes that, you know, three or four people live at that, you know, they're more involved in the community and things like that, which is fantastic. Uh, of course, the challenge with that is, is that there just aren't as many of those types of settings. And then if you're, if you're kid or, you know, if you're, your adult uh, that you're caring for, um, doesn't maybe have all the right, uh, self, self-care skills, you know, then, then maybe they're not going to be a good fit for those types of settings. So it, it's finding the correct placement for them based on their, you know, unique and individual needs. Right. And, and the, and their desires too, right? Like, what do they want? What do they, what do they like? You know, things like that. Um, it's, it's become really difficult just because there aren't a lot of options. You know, as you were, when, when you first started talking about this, um, and you mentioned, you know, with your son's constipation, one of the things, it, it's so hard for people to, I think, kind of understand because a lot of kids, in most situations, kids have a stomach ache or they don't feel a certain way mm-hmm. and they can tell their parents, right? And so while we still have to be paying, you know, while we still have to pay attention to what's going on. And, and notice things that maybe our kids just don't you know notice. But when you're, especially when he's parent, especially when there's communication deficits uh, or challenges, you don't know. You know, a lot of times you don't find out until it becomes a real problem. And, you know, when my youngest was little, he was nonverbal. And I think we talked about this the last time we were uh, having a conversation like this. And he couldn't speak for like the first four years of his life, pretty much. And you know, he would communicate in tones, like um, they were like musical notes. And he was very, very aggressive. And we had all kinds of behavioral issues and outbursts. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. And it turned out that he had he had several underlying health issues that were causing him pain that were very uncomfortable and needed to be managed. Right. And we had no idea, no idea because he couldn't tell us. And I think that that's something that is so, I think that flies under the radar a lot. It is just one of those challenges that makes things so difficult, especially when your child has communication issues. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 that's, that's a challenge. And of course that's, I think a challenge for any of us parents with special needs kids right is is you you have to be their advocate and and kind of understand and figure out what's going on and and then i used to be i think on the end of the spectrum where i I would you know just always react and take them to the doctor right and of Mm -hmm. course the doctor would you know typically not find anything um but you 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 knew that there was probably something wrong and then you know i've switched more to the other end of the spectrum where hey it's probably nothing um so you know just, you know, I want to take them to the doctor every time, you know, I think something's up, you know, let's try to like actually know if something's up. But uh, the, I think the difference for me anyways, is that when, when those kids are younger, there's more, it, I think it's easier to find proper treatment for them, you know, the care. Whereas now with my son being older, you know, there's not a children's hospital, for him there's not an autism hospital there's not a special needs hospital so you know 
for, I'll give you an example. Uh, almost every time I call uh, to make an appointment for him somewhere, uh, they'll ask why he's not calling or that they need to speak to him because he's over 18. And yeah. then I explain that, you know, hey, he can't speak. I'm his guardian. And, and, and sometimes, uh, as I'm sure you know, Rob, you know, if you're, if you're a guardian of your son, um, they, there's paperwork that they need. And then sometimes they'll be like, oh, we don't have the paperwork on fire, file, so I can't speak to you until we get that paperwork on file that you're the guardian and, and yep. you know, things like that. So there, there's, there's other challenges that go along with that too, but you're absolutely right. It, it, you, you have to be hyper vigilant, uh, and just, uh, watch, listen, uh, try to figure out, okay, is he having a meltdown because he, you know, for, I don't, you know, why is he having a meltdown? Is he have a headache? Is he just in a bad mood? Is he feeling depressed or is there something underlying that's causing that? And of course you don't know. And you're just trying to figure those things out. But as being the caretaker, the parent, um, you're, you're responsible. And, and, you know, you obviously don't want your, your kid to be, you know, in pain or, you know, whatever, why ever they're crying or having a, uh, you know, outbursts or behaviors or whatever it is. Uh, for me anyways, personally, uh, it's a, it's a huge weight because I don't want to have to have him you know, suffering any sort of pain or, you know, even if it's a, a mental thing, like, oh, okay, what can we do to help that? I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's capable of thinking, but it's, it's the weight of that. And then, you know, making sure you get the proper care. And then, and, but then of course the, all the work that goes into getting that proper care, the follow-up, you know, trying to jump through all the hoops and find that advocate where you're trying to get the, you know, the appointment, for example finding the right person to talk to that, you know, that gets it. Yeah. Are you tired? <laughs> like, it, I mean, like, it sounds like a dumb question, but like one of the things that like I, I struggle with is just that sheer exhaustion, not, and not just physical exhaustion, but like emotional exhaustion. Yeah. You can't, you can't really express it and make people understand Like I am so burnt out from, from 20, almost 23 years of doing this. Uh, I, I am yeah. tired. I'm, I'm 100% exhausted. Yeah. It, uh, I, I'll give you a quick, quick story about that too. Uh, so when COVID started, you know, of course it was just going to last a week or two and just wake up one day and was gone. Right. But, uh, of course that mm -hmm. didn't happen. <laughs> and, um, uh, uh, my son's work closed for about a year. And then when they did reopen, it was like kind of a couple hours, a couple days a week type of thing, just to, you know, kind of be open. And so he was home with me for an entire year. And fortunately for me, I worked remotely. And so I could make that work. Now, during that time, that's when I've, you know, there's a couple other employment opportunities I probably would have taken um, that paid more money and things like that, but um, so that I've, that I've passed up. So again, one of those, one of those things, right. That's, you know, the un uh, things you don't really think about that, that happened, but, uh, when he was home with me, so now I'm trying to do my full-time job, which a lot of video calls, audio calls, you know, technical, technical work. I work in it and, you know, I've got a 23 year old, then I think at the time, 24 year old dude that's, uh, doesn't have like friends to call. You know, he can't, he, yeah. he's not, he, he's not capable of doing that kind of stuff. He doesn't have friends to go online and play games with or chat or, you know, 
you know, any of that kind of stuff, right? Like I'm, I'm his friend. I, I'm the person yeah. he's communicating with. And there's, you know, there's only so much Netflix and <laughs> YouTube and uh, Xbox that you can do in, in a day. But, you know, doing that for a year, um, you know, that, that was, that was really challenging. And, and just, you know, being, being, you know, home with them basically 24 seven, all the time. And then of course, you know, for my wife too, right. Even though she was working outside of the house for a lot of that time, you know, it's, well, first of all, he's not her son. Not that that really matters, but you know, still it's, you know, she's, she's taken on burden here too, of being, you know, uh, caregiver, um, guardian, you know, basically, you know, mom, right. For all intents and purposes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So from a relationship perspective too, but yes, it's, from for me, it's uh, both mental and and physical. Um, the the stress the stress just wears on you. It's it's like I'm I'm just I'm like you, Rob. I'm just I'm just exhausted, like all the time. And it, yeah. and I think for me, anyways, it's the it's just the the weight, the constant weight of all the things that go along with, you know being the caretaker, but also, also for me, it's the unknowing, you know, like what's next, what, what are the things, you know, yep. it's just trying to, trying to make sure you're, you're doing the, all the right things to prepare and try to find what those things are. Um, it's just, a, you know, a, an enormous weight. Yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Oh, wow. Like I, I haven't figured out, I haven't I, figured out how to deal with it. Um, well, my body doesn't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, um, that's a great question. I mean, I think for some people, you know, that might be church. That's not me. Um, but uh, you know, uh, some other people might have a really good support system with relatives and friends. Uh, I, I don't. Um, you know, basically, you know, we we kind of live in the country and you know, away from people for the most part. But. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 it is hard to deal with, and I haven't figured it out either, Rob. To be honest, I you know try to look at things as positive as I can, try to come up with ideas. I mean, we try to do some fun stuff. Uh, my wife and I, and my son, we all enjoy music quite a bit, and there's a local localish uh, uh, dinner theater that does uh, plays and concerts, uh, like a concert series. And so, mm-hmm. a couple, three, four years ago, we decided to take my son to one of these concerts, a small venue. So it's nothing crazy. And, um, he loved it. And so now we, we go like once a month, if we can, if there's a decent, you know, cover band type of thing. And most of these folks are a little bit older, so it's very, you know, safe and things like that. But we, we try to get out and do things like that. Of course he's, he's with almost all the time as well, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, some sort of, uh, fun, that, you know, kind of takes your mind off of things. We try to go to a lot of movies, uh, things like that. But yeah, the, the, there, there aren't a lot of options, at least I've found, Rob, to deal with it um, outside of, you know, your, your regular job and then trying to find some of those other things that uh, might help just kind of help you escape a little bit. Movies, music, things like that. How do you... And, and maybe this is a tough question to answer because I know that I, I have a tough time answering this, but like, how do you prioritize yourself? Um, well, that's, that's the issue. I've always been last, right. And, and still yeah. am for, and, and now I'm paying for it. 
So now, now I have, uh, I'm developing health issues and things like that, which, you know, they're, they're not all like, let's say attributed to raising a kid with special needs, but I think it's probably most of the listeners can probably, um, understand or, or <laughs> relate to, uh, most, most folks with special needs don't have the best diets, right? Um, yeah. and, and especially folks on the autism spectrum, right? I mean, generalization, of course, but I think that's a pretty fair generalization. All the sensory issues. Sensory and... issues. And, and so, you know, you kind of, at least me, I mean, kind of end up eating what they're eating. You know, I mean, because, yep. you know, otherwise you're cooking, you know, two or three different meals. And of course they have to eat. And if you're going to make something that they're not going to eat, well, they, they, they have to eat. Right. So, um, you know, so, I mean, some of it's attributed to those types of things too, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really difficult for me to find any time. I mean, I, I've got some things that I want to do and, and, you know, that, that's another thing to mention is, you know, when. I think I already did is, you know, you might plan on doing certain things, you know, when you start to get a little bit older, but, um, you just aren't able to, you know, my, my wife and I bought an RV, uh, a trailer, tra tra trailer, uh, travel trailer last summer. And, uh, so we're going camping, but you know, he's, he's generally coming with, um, and, and so far that's worked out. Okay. But yeah, prior to prioritizing yourself to be first, at least for me, um, I, I've not been able to figure out how to do it at all. Not at all. And, and I think there is, you know, one of the things that I was just, I just recorded an episode that I'm releasing this coming Monday at the time that we're recording this. And I was talking about, uh, just some of the things that the question, it was a listener question and they wanted to know what can I do to prepare my kid for adulthood? And when should I start to do that? And it was a really interesting question because like I'm facing the consequences of not preparing my kids for adulthood now earlier. And it's so hard to, to navigate these things when you're, when you're going through them in the moment, because, you know, you're talking about the sensory stuff and the, the diets and those kinds of things. And it's been the same thing for me. And I've even started picking up on, some of the traits that they have, like the way they communicate. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, um, like when I was in college and I was living with roommates, like we all sort of talked the same, like you just sort of develop, uh, some of the behavioral patterns of the people that you surround yourself with. And I'm surrounded by three autistic kids, right? Like all the time. And, and I've, I've started picking up on some of those things as well. And so, um, you know, when it comes to like the, the diet and the sensory stuff, like I would have to make, if I were to cook for them, I would have to make a lot of times it would be three different meals, you know, for dinner. And then something might not be sensory friendly the first time around. And then you got to remake it or, you know, you might, you could probably relate to like chicken nuggets where like the shapes are off or the coloring is off. <laughs> And, and there's, I mean, it's either you make the change or they don't eat. That's exactly right. You know, it's easy to say, well, Hey, they don't eat, they don't eat whatever. Uh, but the reality is, is, well, it, it's not that simple, right? <laughs> they, they, yeah. They have to eat. And, uh, these, these folks, uh, you know, they're not, it's not like a refusal cause they, 
might not like something like you said it could be a sensory thing or you know whatever right it's the shape it's the color it's the texture it's it's not just how it tastes yeah and and it's and it's very it's it's easy to say like they'll eat when they're hungry because i used to get that a lot when they were little and it's it's not. I mean, it, and, and even if sometimes they're just being picky, like they're just being kids and they just don't want to eat it because they're being difficult. I, I had no way to know the difference, you know, and it's like, how do you how do you navigate some of that stuff? And so I guess the point that I'm, I'm trying to make horribly uh, is that as they get older, those challenges don't necessarily go away. You know, they can evolve. Like my kids' menus have grown. And since they started cooking for themselves, like they are more forgiving when it comes to the sensory stuff. So they, they venture out a little bit more. So that part has become easier. But a lot of these challenges, they don't, they don't go away. And, and like you said, they can even get worse because they're older. They're stronger. They, uh, it becomes more challenging to try and manage an adult child than it is to manage you know, a toddler or a kid or even a teenager, I think. And all of those, those struggles, they, they wear on us over time. It just like, it just chips, just chips away a little bit at a time until you feel like you've got nothing left to give. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so finding ways of putting back into yourself is so important, but it's so hard. It's so hard to do that. Yeah, I still haven't figured it out. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, do those things that I that I can. But um, as you were talking there, it was just a couple of things came to mind. Is you know, it's one thing when you're, you know, your your kid's uh, 12 and has a temper tantrum and maybe throws himself on the floor, but uh, you know, when they're a, a 25 year old adult, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. those things might still happen, and there is no picking them up, right? There, there's it's not possible. Um, you know, so you, you still might have to deal with, with some of those things. And then not to mention, you know, uh, let's say, you know, like socially, if you go out to dinner and, or something like that, and, um, there's a behavior issue, it's one thing with somebody who looks over, you know, maybe at a restaurant and kids having some sort of meltdown or, you know, unhappy about something and they're, and they're 10. It's, it's a completely yeah. different thing when they're 25 and they're an adult. Uh, because and my son, you know, not mean anything bad about this, but my son looks normal, right? You know, he, mm -hmm. he might not, um, he, he'll say hi to people and people will engage him and start talking to him. And um, then they kind of come to the conclusion like, oh, okay, he, he has special needs. Um, and of course, not all, not all adults are made the same, right? So some people are more understanding of that than others, but um yeah, so so those challenges definitely uh, don't go away. Some of, some of them get worse, but uh, yeah, I, I I I don't I don't have the answer as far as um, you know trying to help prioritize. You know, it's easy to say, well, you just make it happen, but but of course, you're still responsible for someone else. You're still you're still having to you know get them off for their day to you know their job or you know like for example, my son needs a shower almost every day. I mean, and, and so I'm the person that uh, is assisting him with that because he, he can't clean himself well enough. And it doesn't matter if I just had a kidney stone removed yesterday, which has happened. And, um, you know, I'm st still having to, uh, you know, help him or if my back is thrown out and I can't put my socks on, I still have to help him 
do his stuff and so those those things uh, don't don't go away they 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 just kind of uh you know prolong get in sometimes can uh, can get worse but as far as like i think you mentioned uh preparing like when to start preparing uh, i thought i did a pretty good job until i got to this phase and then i then i came to the conclusion or realization that uh I didn't. And and I don't even know, like, if you can, to be honest. I mean, I would say that as far as preparing for that trans- transition to adulthood, I mean, anything that you can do to help work, you know, help with self-care, self-care, you know, you know, those basic things. And some people, some, of course, some of these kids just can't do those things. But self-cares, I mean, there, there's there's only so much planning you can do until the person actually gets to that age. It's not like... It's right. not like, hey, uh, there's this uh, group home or you know whatever terminology you want to use that uh, is near my house, and I, uh, and my 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 son or daughter is 14. I want to put them on a list. It's not how it works. Um, so some of the stuff you just can't really plan for. It, it's really just kind of uh, it comes up when it comes up, and you have yeah. to deal with it. Yeah one of the, one of the things that I I. I'm at that place right now where I'm, I'm realizing that a lot of the things that I did when they were younger, because I thought it was the right thing to do, I ended up creating more problems for them as they got older, because now they're facing, um, challenges for the first time that they should have known. I should have shown them how to deal with all along instead of avoiding them because a lot of it's survival, right? Like, like I was, I've been a single dad for, I mean, at least 10 years and then arguably probably more than that, you know, even when I was married, there wasn't that, that same level of, um, shared responsibility, you know, and a lot of it was, I need to get through the moment. I'll worry, like I'll worry about the, I'll worry about fixing this later. I just need to get through the moment. And it feels like that was just yesterday. And, and then 10 years go by, 15 years go by. And you have kids who don't know how to navigate certain situations that they, they should by now or need to, in order to interact with the world in a socially appropriate way, you know, and it really is, I've struggled just the last couple of days since recording this episode is like recognizing that for the first time and then feeling like, like, oh my God, like, I I wish, I wish that I could go back and talk to my past self and, and just say like, look, you got to bite the bullet. You got to, you got to like address these things now because it's, it's so much harder to do it when they're older, you know? Yeah. And Um, I even deal with some of that stuff now where, you know, my son might have a behavioral thing going on and, you know, my, my wife might call me out on it and say, Hey, you know, we should, you know, take that thing away from them, you know, whatever the, whatever the thing is. Right. And, and, but of course it's the same kind of thing. I'm, I'm just trying to get through the moment where I know if I take that thing away or do, you know, whatever it is that it's going to result in more issues. Right. Yeah. And then yep. I have more issues to try to deal with when, you know, let's say in the morning when I'm trying to get them, you know, ready and out the door for work. And I, myself am trying to prepare for work myself where I might end up in a situation where he's laying on a floor mad and doesn't want to get up to get off to the, to the, to the van that's here to pick him up, to take him to work. And so, yeah, it, it, it's really difficult. Cause you're, you're right. There's, there's plenty of things I should have done different and, 
you know, maybe not so much did wrong, but uh, definitely could have done better. Uh, but it, I think it's kind of situational and it's, it, you're just trying to get through life, honestly. You're just trying to get through the moment. You're just trying to get through the day. And for me, it's like, yep. you can't, you can't be everything, right? And, and all, at all the time, you can't be, you can't be always, you know, doing the right thing because you, you yourself are just trying to survive and get through it as well. So, yeah, I, I can totally, totally relate to that. And every time we talk, I feel like I see so much of myself in you and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I find my, honestly, I'm kind of inspired because, uh, there's not a lot of dads out there who are as open about these things as, as you are, or as I am. And, you know, if we, if we kind of dig into some of these questions that, um, it looks like a lot of like moms are posting because <laughs> they're trying to like get some insight into their husbands or their, you know, their, the other parent or whatever. Uh, I'll just grab a sure. couple of these real quick that I think are, are, um, important. Why do you think it's so much harder for dads to open up like this? Like, I know it, it seems like it's easy for me. It's easy for you. But not everybody is like that. And, and I'm just like, why do you think it's so much harder for dads? Yeah, that's a great question. I, th I think, uh, like you just said, it's easier for you and I, because probably just because that's who we are. Um, mm. I, I I think I've always been that way. I've, I've always been the dad that was at all the IEP meetings and therapy sessions. And, you know, that's just what I know. That's what I what I do. But um, if I, I mean... I would say it's just, you know, because there's a lot of the emotional stuff that goes into it too, right? So the, mm -hmm. the you know, the EQ versus IQ. And, and I, I think for, I think just for guys in general, some of those things are just harder um, for whatever reason. <laughs> but uh, I think they're just easier for, for, uh, for women in general. Um, and uh, of course, you know, uh, women have typically been the, 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 you know, primary caregiver, right? So it's, 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 I mean, that's still the case, I think, in my opinion, anyway, that, that, that's still the case. And so I think, uh, there's probably some sort of expectation there that, you know, the moms are going to be the, the ones that are, you know, doing and taking care of all this stuff. So I, I honestly couldn't answer the question really why I think it's harder for guys other than th that's typically not been the, traditional i'm using air quotes traditional role um and i think that uh, the you know emotional aspect of it is just harder for guys do you think and and i don't know if you can answer this one or not but like one of one of the moms wanted to know um why does it it, it seems like it's harder for dads to accept a diagnosis than it is for moms a lot of times. And, and I, and I will say from my experience, like I struggled a little bit with it at first, but like I got over it and I just moved on. Uh, I think you were sort of the same way. Um, not to speak for you, but there's a lot of dads who just cannot accept that diagnosis. And I, and I think like dads are fixers, right. And they want to be Absolutely. able to fix things and, and you can't fix this stuff. And so, you know, do they just freeze and, and not know what to do? Cause I, I, I don't think it's that they don't care. I mean, I'm sure there's some that just don't care because there's bad dads, there's bad moms, whatever. But like, I think we want to fix things. And when we can't, we don't know what to do. 
Yeah, I think some of it too. And I'm, I'm sure this is also the case for, for moms, obviously, but uh, at least, you know, my, my take on it is uh, dads generally have the, you know, hey, uh, when my son grows up, I'm going to, you know, I'm expecting him to, you know, be this person, right? You know, whether it's something yeah. in sports or business or whatever it is, you know, they're going, you know, fishing buddy, hunting buddy, you know, whatever, whatever that thing is. And, and then, you know, instead of having that, all of a sudden they have someone that is actually going to make it harder for them themselves to, to do those things that they, they themselves want to do. Right. So I think it's just harder mm-hmm. from a, an acceptance perspective that, you know, their, their, their kids going to be different and, 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 you know, maybe there's, you know, of course, aspects with bullying and, you know, things like that. And, you know, that they're probably going to have to deal with that, you know, they, they wouldn't have had to probably have dealt with, or at least not as much. So there's just all that other pressure and stuff like that that comes along with it. But again, you know, since, since that wasn't who, you know, I was, it's kind of hard to answer the question, but that's just kind of my assumption there. Okay. Um, and we'll just pull this one, this other one, because I think, I think it's relevant. And I think we kind of talked about um, this before, but how, with all the stress and responsibility that comes along with having an autistic child or a child with a disability, like how, how do you maintain, in their words, like how do you make a marriage work yeah. when you have a child with a disability? Well, uh, I'm on my second marriage, so um, <laughs> still figuring it out. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned at the beginning uh, here of our call, uh, my wife also uh, has a, a son who has Asperger's, so my, my stepson. And uh, when we first got together, um, both of our kids, I mean, were all together for the first several years until uh, her son was able to get to a point where he could, you know, move out into a transitional home and then now into an apartment by himself. But uh, it's extremely difficult. Um, I mean, there's no easy way to go about it. And, you know, I would say some of it's, you know, just like being a normal parent a little bit too, where, you know, trying to be on the same page, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's, it, it, those, those kids, it's, it's magnified, right? It's just like hyperdrive when it comes to those types of things, you know, want to try to be at the same, on the same page, but, um, you know, f- so that, that's one of the keys for me is trying to be in a, a, as much an agreement as possible based on, you know, related to what what you're doing, like what is, you know, the, the plan or, you know, the, the routine, let's just call it the routine. It's a lot of this comes down to routine, right? Cause that's, that's what a lot of these kids, uh, basically focus on it, right? Is the, what's the routine. And so right. that obviously impacts you too. So getting that stuff down, but also then, you know, trying to find alone time and that alone time might, might not even be like actual alone time, right? It's just <laughs> where, uh, alone time together or alone time, you know, where somebody's just, you know, they, they have something they could get out of the house and go do whatever they're, you know, they're doing, you know, without, having to be around all of that, you know, just to escape basically. Right. So, uh, but for me, it's just, you know, communication is really key being on the same page, um, you know, talking about things, being open, talking about them, you know, you're not always going to see the eye to eye and everything for sure. Um, that's just not going to happen. And um, just trying to be consistent, supportive, open, and, 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 but also no, I mean, it, it's, it's an ass kicker. 
It really is. I mean, it's it's really difficult. I think uh, the, I, last time I saw a stat, I think it was something like 50 or 60 percent of all new marriages fail within, you know, five years or something. But I, I read right. something once about, you know, marriages with special needs kids. I want to say it was like 90 percent. And, and it, yeah. it, it's it's because of all of that stress. And I mean, I'm not saying I haven't figured out again. I mean, we've been married now the second time for 12 years, which is pretty good. Um, but uh Congratulations, brother. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's welcome. been it's been difficult, and we we still talk about like, you know, hey, um, you know, like, what can we do to make some of the stuff better? Uh, but we've just kind of come to the conclusion, uh, my wife and I, that, uh, base, you know, our opinion is we're doing everything the best we possibly can right now, and you know, e- even though that still sucks for us a lot, um, we we really can't do probably a whole lot better. At least it's not, you know, things that we might be able to do better. It's not worth the effort, if that makes sense. It's just not worth that extra work and effort to try to improve like whatever that thing is. And so we've just come to the acceptance of this is what it is. This is how it is. And we're both on the same page as, you know, as far as next steps here is to try to find the best place for my son to move into. That's the best place for him that we can still be in, engaged and involved in his life. That's going to be the less, least change for him. And then, you know, that's the goal, right? That's the goal is to get him to where he can be, where he can thrive, where he can be happy. He can be with his coworkers and, and, you know, those are his friends, right? His social group that also enable us to start to focus on ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, recover, I guess you could call it. And to actually uh, hopefully enjoy life, you know, and doing things that we want to do um, after. I was going to ask you, do you have any advice for dads out there? But I think um, I think that was really good just with what you said. You know, I, you know, like in your case and in, in my case as well, because I was we were a blended family when I when I was married. Um, my oldest was her son from her previous marriage. I adopted him. I've raised him since he was a year old. And then the autism diagnosis came along. All the behavioral issues came along. All the medical issues came along. And it was really, really, really stressful, you know. But I think what you guys are doing is pretty amazing. And even if things can't be the ideal like the ideal image of what you want it to be being on the same page makes a huge difference, you know? And I think that's really good advice. I think that's really good advice. Yeah. I think it's also, you know, just accepting what it is and that knowing like, Hey, I'm, I'm, we're doing the best that we can based on the circumstances or situation. And, and we're trying to, you know, prepare to make things better. So there, there is a goal, Right. There's a goal there. The goal mm-hmm. is not, you know, that he's going to live with us forever and we're just going to become elderly and to the point where we can't take care of him anymore. And this is our life for the rest of our lives. But the goal is, you know, get him in a place, like I said, where he's going to be happy. But then for us, then that, that our goal is to be able to enjoy each other, focus on ourselves, have some fun, go, go see the sites, you know, do, do stuff. Um, how, how soon that is, is hard to say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we just, we, we're an acceptance of what it is and how things are. 
That's that's so powerful, and I think that's that's a really good message for people out there listening. I I don't think I've always had this view of like I don't think like my three kids being autistic is not the reason why my marriage failed. You know, I mean, there's lots of reasons. I think we talked about that before, but like um, having an autistic kid or a kid with a disability can add stress to your marriage, but it doesn't have to be its demise. I think that we make choices every day that um, have a bigger impact on whether our relationships uh, thrive or they die. And um, I've read those stats too, and I and I do think there's truth to that. Um, but I think we can. I, I think when we if we approach things the way that you and your wife do, and maybe it doesn't work for everybody, but I think it would make a big difference. Yeah. So I think that's really, I think it's really good advice. Yeah. I don't have it all figured out, obviously. There's been a lot of mistakes and things along the way, but uh, yeah, I think it's just, again, it's coming to an acceptance of how things are, you know, and, and just feeling comfortable that you're, you're doing what you can. Yeah. And, and accepting that because I know for myself, like I have these unrealistic expectations for me, like I'm a dad, I need to be able to make everything happen right. and you just can't. And, and the sooner, <laughs> sooner you accept that and you recognize it not as a weakness, but just as a, a human limitation, you, you stop beating yourself up. And I think that, I, I think that the process can be a little healthier for you, like as a dad and not you specifically, but in general, uh, when you recognize that you can't fix everything and that's okay. Yeah. And so it's a fine line, I think too, especially when the kids are younger is you, 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 you want to fix everything. And I'm a fixer too, right? I work in it. I mean, that's my, that's what I do, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, still being a strong advocate. So being an advocate, you know, pushing, pushing for those things, because that's often what's needed. Right. But, but again, you know, also coming to the conclusion that, you know, hey, people are doing the best they can in, in most cases, right? And, and yeah. that, you know, this, again, it's, it's come down, it comes down to the acceptance for me anyways. And um, yeah, it, it's taken me a while to get there, but uh, that's just kind of where I'm at now. I was asked this question and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, because I, I was kind of taken aback by it when I was asked this in a recent interview. But I thought I would go ahead and and uh, and give this a shot. Do you, when you look back on your journey as a as a dad, do you have anything that you regret? Like, is there one thing that you wish, like, oh, I wish I would have done that differently? Oh, I mean, with with my son, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm sure there are. Right. Cause you know, you're, you're trying to figure this stuff out along the way. Right. You, you, there's, there's no manual, right. You're, you're trying yeah. to figure stuff out along the way and you're, you know, and, and, and not all those decisions you make are going to be the, the best decisions. Right. It's just some, sometimes they're quick decisions. Some, sometimes you get to think about it and, you know, kind of plan it out a little bit, but yeah, I, there's a lot of mistakes, right? Um, I don't, I, I can't think of like a particular one with my son that, you know, stands out for me. Um, I think I've always just had him 
you know, kind of first in line, top of mind, because, you know, I'm his, I'm his advocate, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I can't think of any, honestly, which, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was sort of, that was, that was very similar to how I answered the question too, because like, I feel like with regrets, it's, it's like, um, almost like, you know, something is wrong when you're doing it. And you do it anyway because it's like easier or something like that. And so you look back and like, oh man, I really regret doing yeah. that. But for so much of our journeys, it, it's 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 not a matter of doing something intentionally wrong. Right. It's it's more about doing what you truly think is the right thing to do in the moment. And then hindsight can be twenty twenty. But is that really? I mean, is it really a regret? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just thought it was an interesting question, and and I was curious how you how you would answer that. Yeah, I mean, there's um, things, you know, maybe I wish I would have done something sooner or later than I did, you know, things like that. But I don't necessarily regret any of them because, you know, again, I think probably the same with like you were just saying. Um, at the time, I was just trying to make the best decision based on the circumstances, right? You know, so, but there isn't any like one thing that jumps out at me like, oh, I really, really regret that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally get that. Uh, is there any last parting words of advice or anything that you want to just share with the dads out there before we close this out? Yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, if you're, if you're a, if you're a parent or a care caregiver of a special needs kid, you know, it, it's never too young to start too early to start thinking and planning what the future looks like. For me, you know, I was much younger and naive <laughs> when my ex-wife and I got divorced I'm like hey uh, my son's gonna he's just gonna stay with me forever right and, and and that was my intent by the way right I mean that was that was the intent it's like hey I'm his care, caregiver yeah. I'm I'm the one that's you know looking after him that's gonna advocate for him um, but you know of course as you and they both age you know you're faced with the obstacles that you, you could have never even thought about right? That never would have came to mind. And, you know, that not just for you, but for them. Um, And those obstacles can, you know, result in things like, you know, changing jobs, moving, um, medical stuff, uh, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, just start thinking about that stuff sooner than later, because, you know, you're you're dealing with it right now. I mean, I I tried to plan a little bit, but uh, you know, again, it's 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 hard. You know, I wish that you know, I wish I wish there was some things you know that would have. I guess that's potentially a regret. Uh, I wish that uh, would have focused more on some of those life skill things instead of like you know as you were talking about earlier, um, just trying to get through the moment. You know, yep. you know, maybe you know again, but again, that's a whole lot more work sometimes and a lot more stress, right? So you're trying to weigh it out, but. I wish there were some things that my son could do or could do better um, that, you know, maybe maybe I could have assisted with or, you know, the, to, to try to help prepare him. But, uh, you know, uh, so planning for the future, what that looks like the best you can, um, you know, special needs trust, those types of things, uh, support group, people, brothers, sisters, you, you know, siblings, you know, who's going to be involved in their life? What's, what are their roles? You know, hopefully you have folks like that. I don't necessarily have those folks. Um, but what's that look like, you know, what, and set a goal. So set a goal, you know, I mean, even if you're, your kid's still young and, you know, you're 
you're, you're potentially still married and, you know, things like that. At what age do you want to, you know, try to start enjoying life a little bit more? And, and, you know, what age do you want to potentially have your, your kid, you know, um, um, you know, out and about, you know, living in a different home or environment. And then right. how do you get there? What's it going to take? Yeah. That's, uh, that's really good advice. And and those are things that I'm um, dealing with right now. You know, the ramifications of not planning farther ahead or sooner. And, and then you kind of scramble to try and do what should have been done over the course of decades sometimes uh, at the last minute, you know, and, and that's really good advice. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. And one more thought there's try and, and I failed at this 100%, but try to figure out a way to help prioritize yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all dads, especially I think struggle with that. And I think, you know, moms do too. Um, but if we're just trying to get that message out to, to dads, cause I think there's a, it's a, it's kind of a largely underserved group of people because they kind of fly under the radar a lot of times. So, um, thank you for everything. You I, I really appreciate your time. The conversations with you are always great. And I think that much like the first, uh, time we did this, it's going to help a lot of people. And, um, and I'll hear from a lot of dads who were very inspired by the conversation and um want to start talking themselves so i mean you really are kind of an inspiration to a lot of us so thank you for sharing so openly you bet thanks rob all right take care man real quick before i let you go i just want to say thank you for tuning in i i really appreciate it and i hope you enjoyed this episode and it has a positive impact on your life because that's what i'm aiming for here as a reminder, you can visit listen.theautismdad.com. You can learn about me and anything related to the show. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps so you never miss a new episode. And please take a moment and rate us on Apple Podcasts. There'll be a link in the show notes below for you just to click. It'll take you right there. It takes like 30 seconds and it makes a big difference. So it's a great way to support the show and uh, help keep the wheels turning. So have a great week and we'll talk soon.